Welcome everyone to the Pantheon. I'm Ray, and today we're looking at Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 2. This takes place just a few months after the events of Season 1. Phil Coulson's resurrection has been resolved. We learned the secrets of that. At the cost of him becoming slightly mad, uh, we learned that Sky has a significant past, and Reyna, the woman with the floral dress, has a connection to that past, and we get to delve a little bit deeper. The season opens up the team a little bit more expansive. Uh, the team is on the run with some new additions, including a character named Mac, uh, who is kind of a quiet or reserved mechanic for the team. Uh, they're on a, missions around the world. They're also running a separate mission of, uh, in parallel with each other. Jenna Simmons, the uh, science uh, and biologist or doctor, if you will, is on her own separate mission, Hydra. And uh, the series, in these 10 episodes, we learn uh, that we're going deeper. Uh, we're going to go deeper down a rabbit hole that leads into a temple of more questions and more problems. It opens up uh, with a flashback, 1945 Austria, where we have Agent Carter, Peggy Carter, played by Haley Atwell. Uh, episode 1 also has Lucy Lawless as an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. too. She's one of the agents who helps to ob uh, obtain Obelisk, which is the 084, an object of unknown origin. Uh, what happens is, with the fall of Red Skull, Peggy Carter and the Howling Commandos um, take over probably the last stronghold of Hydra, led by Daniel Whitehall, a mad scientist. And uh, they and they seal up this obelisk, which is a, a no wait for it. And what we think we're seeing is the Creelian, uh, which ends up being in the guest house uh, called the GH, and he's uh, number three twenty-five. And and they use his serum to regenerate Coulson back to life. They also did several test subjects. Uh, what they didn't anticipate was that the last mission of this alien, wherever he was supposed to go, which was apparently this city on Earth, ends up being Puerto Rico. Anyways, he, all, in his mind, his last thought was to, look, to go to this city to do something. I guess we don't know what the mission was. But the coordinates or this, the actual geographic uh, design of the city is, a, is his final thoughts. And as a result, uh, those who had his uh, DNA or blood also got his imprints of his final thoughts, which means they were obsessed in time to try and locate the city. And, they don't, and because it's an imprint and not an actual communication guide. Uh, it was driving them, the subjects, insane, including Coulson. Uh, they ended up carving symbols onto walls. They had a, a, a compulsion to do so, to the point where uh, they couldn't exist without doing this. It would actually make them go literally insane. So uh, that's why they had to uh, remove the memories of the host and give them new memories to help them overcompensate that uh, psychotic, uh, not psychotic, that psychic imprint from the alien. And and once they saw, once they solved the mystery of where this thing is located, this this city, the imprint or the, uh, the synthetic suggestion from the imprint is gone. They no longer have the urge because they've solved the mystery and they know where this thing is. And uh, the desire to to locate the city is now gone. And we learned that through the episodes we're watching from one to ten. Now, the importance of all of this is Reyna, woman with the floral dress, and Sky. Uh, they have something very much in common. They are descendants of the Cree, um, alien race. Uh, uh, Sky's mother is part Cree and part human, and they were, or as they recall them, as inhumans, and that's where that comes from. Where they have genetic markers that are Cree race. Now, it's also important to know that this is not the first time this has happened. If you look at Captain Marvel in the movie, she was exposed to energies of the Tesseract. They used the Kree's blood stream into her to help bond and solidify and um, stabilize her in, uh, exposure to the, the cosmic radiation levels of the Tesseract so she can handle it. But same thing with 
Sky and Coulson. Uh, the DNA and blood was able to help them overcome uh, and regenerate and, and stabilize their body too. Now because Daisy is also Cree, I keep thinking of the Cree Indians, but like Cree as, a, as the alien organ, or civilization, uh, they have, they're, they're highly evolved and Wardian humans. Uh, and going to this temple will unlock their full potential, will, will evolve into the next generation or, or evolution. Uh, of who they truly are and we find out in the last episode 10 and then from that point on it becomes oh this is where we get sky this is where she becomes quake which is where she becomes daisy we find out her where who she is uh, because the whole journey up until 1 through 10 is solving the the mystery of why colson's going kind of mad and finding daisy's father daisy's father is the one who leads them to this temple eventually and that's where we get the father and daughter reunion of Daisy and or sorry of Sky and her father we learn her name is Daisy in episode 10 where he says her name and that's kind of exciting too so all these things happen here now the only other thing I have to mention too that's also important to pick up it's a very small detail I didn't even pick it up on the first watch until I watched this for the third time this is the very first time we mention or what we mentioned uh, Colson mentions Project Theta Protocol. It's known to everybody in episode 19, um, Age of Ultron, but this is the very first time he mentions that. Uh, knowing that they're going into a temple uh, that is Cree, we don't know what we're going into. He tells Billy and Sam these are the twins, played by Patton Oswalt, who are the, um, the custodians of the playground. The playground is this hidden base that Nick Fury led for Coulson because he's now the new director. Providence was the first hidden base, but Fury, knowing what he, how smart he is, he knew in case it was compromised, they have a plan, Site B, to go to. And the playground is the new hidden base for the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Anyways, the uh, Coulson tells Billy and Sam, the twins, who are the curators or the caretakers of this, of this hidden site, if anything happens to him, uh, enact... Project Theta Protocol uh, for whatever it is. We don't know what it is, but that's the only time he ever mentions it, and it's so brief that if you didn't catch it, I understand because I didn't catch it until I watched this a third time. So that's pretty exciting too because that gets mentioned again later on in the series leading up into Age of Ultron. So uh, that's pretty much it. In terms of the overall experience of the show, of these first 10 episodes, it really is good because it's strictly a, a continuation of storyline. The televised broadcast is done by a network called WHIH, which equivalent is, in today's world, would be, I would say, CNN. They are the newscasters for Marvel, both in film as well as television. So if you watch Edward Norton's Incredible Hulk, there's a scene in the Culver City of the University the, the news media is WHIH, whether it's Jessica Jones, who we'll reviewing in February. Uh, that's uh, the scene where her and Kilgrave um, stop a couple, a, a father uh, terrorizing his own wife and daughter by shotgun. There is yeah, the coverage of Iron Man and the first one, Christina Everhart. You see her there uh, interviewing Tony Stark, and that's where he reveals, I am Iron Man. So they are, they are located both TV and film, and they are the CNN of Marvel. Was shield no longer exists. I know in the past few months it may have seemed like I was leading you on some fool's errand, chasing after strange carvings and artifacts. But the pieces are coming together. The puzzle's taking shape. The bad news: Hydra's trying to solve the same puzzle. Good news. We now have a piece 
they don't have. It's a city. Everything we've been doing, it all leads here. Suit up. What is happening? There's a story of a star that fell from the heavens, of blue angels who came bearing a gift for all mankind, meant to save the world. The ancients called them the Kree. If a Kree came to your world, I would assume he's up to no good. And what did the Kree want? Change. Your heart rate was recorded at almost 300 BPM. That's very fast. No. Would I recommend it? Strongly recommend it, especially if you want to carry on joining seasons one and two with Marvel's Phase One, Phase Two. Uh, phase. This is still part of Phase Two. Uh, it's lightly connected. Um, I recommend watching this. Yes, because Josh Whedon had, was both the creator and head writer for season two. Uh, it was mostly to the showrunners, which was uh, Jed Whedon, Josh's brother, and Marisha. Uh, I believe it's pronounced Ten Sharon, who is Jed's wife. They are the showrunners for the entire series of S.H.I.E.L.D. and they made sure that these little nuggets were always in woven into the story leading into the MCU, especially for Phase 1 and Phase 2. Uh, once you get to Phase 3, it kind of drifts off because Josh was pretty much tired <laughs> of doing uh, MCU films. He had a two-year gap between films and plus S.H.I.E.L.D. so I think he was exhausted and they gave it to um, the directors uh, the Russo brothers and McFeely and Marcus, who were the writers, to do Civil War and went out to do Infinity War and Endgame. So this is the time where they focused heavily on getting the Whedon verse, if you will, together with S.H.I.E.L.D. and the MCU. And, and the only other MCU that that actually debuted at this time was only Guardians of the Galaxy. That's an outer world story, so they could go from season one's finale and carry on with the season two storyline until episode 19, which was the debut of... Age of Ultron. They can keep with the story without necessarily having to obligate to tell uh, connected tissues with other episodes or other uh, other films of the MCU uh, in terms of time frame. And that's why I like about Disney and Marvel. Uh, they uh, and why there's this kind of delay for 2021, 2020. Uh, they have to release the films in a certain order because they connect in a certain way. In that sense, you kind of really appreciate the landscape that is Marvel. Uh, it's almost, it's very three-dimensional like, uh, you know, whereas, kind of like uh, Linklater, he did like boy a boyhood of seeing a person grow from beginning to end. This is like a full process, but now you also have having a, almost a three-dimensional landscape of everything. Uh, like. Marvel's Netflix of New York happening in conjunction with that, what's happening in New Orleans with uh, Cloak and Dagger happening with that. You're having geographical locations happening in the time frame of certain said uh, events. Within Sony with Spider-Man and with this. So uh, it is uh, exciting in that sense because if you're looking at all these shows that came out around 2014-2016 and where they kind of exist with the um, Battle of New York, so about the next three years that follow it, the Civil War, uh, these are the little shows that exist in little kernels of pockets in the United States uh, that took place during this time. And if, you, and if you look at them carefully, you could probably kind of get an idea of when uh, these shows existed and, and when these films uh, transpired. So, Evie, what is the double feature for you for this series? For this series, hmm, there's a lot good in it, you know, the action the scenery. Uh, hmm. 
Um, I would say Iron Man because uh, you have people who don't know who they are and there's a change in their life, you know, where they just, which kind of helps them know who they are or who they aren't, mm -hmm. you know, um, given like the new powers or responsibility or the change in their lives. I would just say that. Okay. Uh, for me, I chose Alicia Vikander's Tomb Raider because uh, you have a, a high-speed motorcycle chase. They travel from country to country, England, Australia, Hawaii, all over. And there's these glyphs that they have to try and figure out. Uh, and then ultimately, you go to a, an actual like crypt, an actual like um, underground city, uh, right. a lost city. So like the Indiana Jones, like a lot of these like uh, adventure shows, so the Goonies, where they have to go to uh, a hidden city or or hidden compartments, or uh, tra yeah. traps, and all these, like, um, in this case, they have the obelisk. Uh, yeah. In this case, if you touch it, you will die, similar to Tomb Raider. Right. Uh, that curse. Parallels character and of that movie to this, and that was where, that was my double feature. And for ratings, I'd give this uh, 7 out of 10. I guess at the time I wanted to see more cameos, like from... Fury or Maria Hill, but you get that later on in the season. Peggy Carter will do. It was pretty decent still. Uh, how about you? Um, well, I'd give it maybe like an 8. That There was a lot of action. And recently I heard that they're going to give Fury his own uh, spinoff. That's right. Yeah. Uh, that's it, that's hopefully, it probably be, it will likely be out by 2022. Yeah. But production will start... Uh, this year in 2021 yeah so i i look forward sorry not sorry next year 2021 but yeah uh, I, I look i look forward to uh it very soon uh yeah, that so, is what if series so those are my two things i look forward to this, this yeah season. so i would give it like maybe a 7.58 out of 10 it was really well done that's nice lots of action and it all wrapped up everything i thought nice nice uh of course the series concluded this year 2020 yes. uh with the final mission. Uh, you haven't seen it, have you? No, not yet. Uh, I think, just between you and me, I thought oh, I thought the series really tied in really well with season two, uh, mm. with the characters like Whitehall and all of the characters. Uh, okay. it's, it's a, if you haven't wanted a companion piece, mm -hmm. I would recommend anyone to take a look at, uh, watch season two, forget the rest, and go jump right into season uh, seven, the final mission, because you'll see parallels uh, mm. of the characters, uh, flipped but it actually i find the two seasons are go hand in hand very oddly enough very very like very uniquely i would say like, like how we're doing episodes one through ten uh watch the first eight episodes of season seven and then watch the remaining uh, uh of um seasons two and then watch the remaining four episodes of um season seven and they kind of like balance you they, they actually work with, with each other really well in an, in an odd way, I just found that refreshing because as we were looking at doing this a review, I was watching season seven uh, again, and I cool. love the series. So because uh, I, I kind of fell out uh, near the end of like season five, I kind of fell by the waistline. But this is phenomenal. So, anyways, with that, I'm going too long. Uh, we'll say thank you, and we'll see you next week. I'm Evie. We'll talk to you next time. This is a make or break moment. The enemy has the advantage that we have to fight on for those we've lost. So the sacrifices they made were not made in vain. And then they'll disappear, become ghosts, 
That's how we have to live now. In the shadows. To protect the innocent. To save lives. Even when they don't know it. Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.